Hey Derek, I see you brought your trades today. I'm looking for a uh, Warmonger's Diplomacy, a Scowling Flesh Bag, or any of the Marvel figments. Do you happen to have any of them on you? I don't. I just traded out my last few, but I do know where you can find them. You know, where is that? Because I really need these to play my newest stack. Uh, you're going to have to check out the Banish Zone. Uh, they have all your TCG and tabletop gaming needs. Yeah, okay, so, you know, you know that Flesh and Blood. What if I need some cards for my commander deck, or if I'm interested in a newer TCG? Well, sir, you are in luck. Not only do they carry magic, Pokemon, flesh and blood, but also some of the smaller games like Final Fantasy, Grand Archive, and the My Hero card game as well. That's pretty cool, you know. Collecting these games is cool, but what happens if I want to play them? They also have a schedule of events for playing uh, all of their games, in including those smaller TCGs, so you know exactly when to show up. They're even going to be getting Lorcana soon. This is all well delightful, you know, having all this stuff, but where can I find them? Uh, you'll be able to find them in the heart of Warnersville, PA, not far off of Route 30, or online at thebanishzone.com. Uh, they're not yet able to ship, but they're working hard to try to get everything ready. There's been a little road bumps, but once I do, there will be tons to explore and have shipped right now. It's in store pickup only. All right, I'm placing my order right now. I'll be heading out to Warnersville. I'll see you later, Derek. All right, see ya. Ladies and gentlemen, we kindly ask that you make your way to your seats. The show is about to begin, and we wouldn't want anyone to miss a thing. Before you, you will witness something never seen before. For the next hour or two, our hosts Brandon and Derek will guide you through the magical realm people know as flesh and blood. Maybe even pick up a guest on the way. Oh, and uh, refreshments not needed. This round's on me. So sit back. Relax and enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Steel Blade Showtime! Hello and welcome to Steel Blade Showtime, I'm your host Brandon, I'm here with my co-host Derek. Derek, how are you doing this week? new Arachne cards. There is nothing else in my brain but Arachne right now. Arachne is life. Arachnia's life till some yeah, more Dory stuff comes out and uh, pulls you to Dory. Arachnia does have those coercive tendencies. <laughs> Arachnia for fun, Dory for serious. Uh, Arachnia is actually going to be competitively viable, like Fringe. But the extra lines that you can pull out with uh, this one card Fringe. is insane. But also, so like I was telling, I was talking with Jason, I'm like, Arachne took a step up, so right now he looks good, but we haven't seen the rest of the heavy hitters, which will probably put Reinar, Bravo, and Dory uh, so much higher. If they get that much higher, there's a decent chance they're all going to LL, and then we will be back to uh, the, maybe. Uh, Dromai. I, I was going to say we will start sliding back to what feels like the new normal of the heroes not having as good of powers. Because one of the things I've, I've been noticing is that the heroes, while all very good, uh, the ones that have been coming out recently, they're not seeing as much play as the, you know, their older variants um, or the other classes in that uh, the other heroes in that class. Uh, and, and I think that's because the new heroes are more balanced. They are, they're largely more fair from these past couple sets. 
as you know the developers have figured out how to balance this game properly and not just have like complete blowout heroes like you know like Starvo as the most obvious example uh, Lexi in uh, more recent uh, more recent stuff goodbye uh, we we hated you but goodbye um, <laughs> So I think it's entirely possible that while we do get a bunch of new stuff for, you know, Guardian Brute Warrior, uh, I think the first result, pending the new heroes, of course, is going to be uh, the OG3 LL. Maybe. Or maybe we get someone that rivals them and... You just see a year's worth of Brute and Guardian and Warrior mashing against each other. You know what I'm hoping for in the expansion slot? Because I could go along with the heavy hitters. I would be shocked. A merchant card. A merchant card in the expansion slot for the set that is just all about money. Like... Like, we already know New Kasai runs off gold tokens. <laughs> Wager gives gold tokens. Um, yeah. I would be astounded if there is not a single thing for, for merchant. And, like, we already have a few things that are going to be merchant relevant. Um, because we have some cards that have been spoiled in generic, which means that's a merchant card. I, I would love a dedicated merchant card, but, you know. I'm happy for any amount of improvement. Did you know something about the new Kasai? The adult one? I don't think so. Did not catch it. She's a majestic. I figured they were going to stick to that, but I'm disappointed. Yep. Well, maybe maybe they'll eventually listen to us again and go back to the token slot. I'll give them... I will give them a little bit of leeway here because this has probably been in production since before Bright Lights. So there's no way they could turn around and go... Right. Here, we change this up. So they didn't have the time to take... So maybe they will listen, and we'll go back to that. Because at the same time, you can't just go, well, we messed up, they shouldn't be Majestics. Here's, you know, then give like a a rod or to the store where they're tokens. Because then that just makes that Majestic literally useless. It would kind of ruin the whole print run. So what they need to do is they need to... Listen to us and stop printing the adult heroes at Majestic because I don't want to be paying $3 a adult hero again. At the very least locally for us. Um, Doesn't really see play. There's one store in the area uh, and it's a little bit farther away from me. I think even farther from you. uh, Does regular Blitz Armories. The the rest in the area uh, do CC as their standard. Yes. And that from my you know, talking with some of the people are around in the community, that's more the standard because all the all the big, big events are in classic constructed. So we kinda skimmed over last week. Um we got two new LLs this week with 
Chain in Blitz and Icelander in CC going bye bye. Very happy. That means I don't have to run Tunic and Bravo. Skirmish season. Uh, I don't know if you had seen any of the the plays. Yeah, it's dirty. dirty. I've heard about it. I've heard about it. But exactly. Also, because he can just inherently give exactly. that card go again. It is filthy. Uh, or like at a kind of worst case, if you're really desperate, you could still give read the runes go again and go great now i can start my chain let's go <laughs> but they're gone thankfully icelander is gone yes so frostbite will not be a thing for a little while that, uh, when ice does eventually come back it will be much tamer and less oppressive the problem with that being that the old ice cards ex ex they still have they access have I was like they still have access to the old to ice cards powers is, is the other side like like Lexi just being able to show you a card and saying hey look you, you get a frostbite now For old exactly. him going oh look that's an ice card that put a card from your hand on top of your deck stuff down so fast because, like, the number of my turns, like, had I ever had to deal with the ultim as been set, I would never have been able to pummel him. Because I'm spending, you know, one card's out of my hand off the start. Uh, I'm usually spending one to two remaining cards to, uh, you know, to, to make my rune chance so I can fire off what's in my rune gate. And then there's one card and maybe some floating resources to, to try to pummel. No. I would have to line up so that I could have a pummel in arsenal and two resources floating already. And hope that he didn't, you know, it, it, was, it was banned at that point, but hope that he didn't smack me with the Winter's Whale or have a uh, channel like Frigid out or... You you name it, he'll oppress you with it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the stuff that, like, when Ice comes back, the yep. heroes won't be as aggressively, like, restrictive. Which I'm so here for. We'll see. I don't know. After them making adult heroes that's majestic, fair, I don't know how what I can trust and what I can't trust. I complain about that. It is the least impactful of the changes they've been making. Uh, That's very true. But, so, my idea here today is we're going to run through the cards that got released, talk a little bit about Kansai, and then I'll just give you the stage to talk about Arachne. And I'm looking at the... Um, the spoilers right here, and I want to start with, just real quick, on the starting stake... Because apparently first this was based you know, off of tracks. James's bodyguard. According to... Swarty actually took a picture with that guy. I can't remember what his name is. And with like the full art of the card. And said the card and the inspiration behind it. 
So the artist is literally, yeah. Swarty was literally that saying that's who was the, the inspiration I, behind I the card. I didn't get his name, but that, that makes sense. Also, I want you to just think about the size of the hands on this What's dude. With you Imagine getting a wet willy from him. Dude would poke your... I think he would rupture <laughs> Dude would poke your brain out. Like, that is just death. <laughs> Why are you stuck? You're so You're stuck just like... on wet willies. <laughs> because that is... Dude, that dude has some massive hands. Also, he looks like he could, like, be a judge yeah. without a gavel. He would just use his hand as the gavel. Just thump. We got a new gold token. Which I actually kind of like it a little better with the person holding it. Yes. And then we got, of course, the new Kasai. Right. That we, everyone's been waiting for. We knew she was coming. She's here to make that And it makes sense that she came in this set. And I really like, uh, one, I love her hero power. Because it's, it's great that they leaned her away from, like, automatically generating copper. Because if they did, blood on her hands in CC would have been filthy. You know, you'd always have it ready by the time you found it. It would have been but oppressive. They improved it a little more. Uh, made her a gold reliant uh, with the first hero ability. If you've drawn a card this turn, your sword attacks, plural, cost one resource less to activate. It's not just your second swing. All of them do. Uh, so if she's still going to be running the Centauri Sabres... Uh, She's going to be flying through. And then her next ability, once per turn action, banish two red and two yellow cards from your graveyard. The next time a weapon hit the next time a weapon you control hits a hero this turn, create a gold token. It gives that same feeling of you want to dodge letting her hit so that she doesn't get her copper amps it up to 11 uh, but puts a cost to it this is what I'm talking about with those those more balanced versions there's a cost to do it so it's not literally every swing so you can pick and choose what turns you're blocking out against her uh, but when it lands it is more impactful because Kasai in this new one can pitch a blue, float one resource, draw a card off gold and still have a full hand and start coming at you with both swords. Yes. Gorganian Tome sees play. Also, you know what else this could mean? Also that, yes. Hold the line's going to I was thinking hold the line. He comes a little bit... I mean, it's with Jerome, It's a good side-in card now with Jeromai having Tome. Um, but with this new Kasai and probably being this set being around drawing yes I, hold the line might become a very I impactful very card to get my, in the upcoming like uh, metas this weekend it's one of those cards that my like, place that's sitting in my I, binder I earlier when i got my first two they were like two or three bucks because people weren't seeing the value they're up to seven now yeah Oh, nice. I was looking at yeah. picking up Eradicates and Leave No Witnesses past weekend just because. But I was just, I was like, I have no reason to. No reason. Right. 
Other than maybe trade bait later. So, we got some also new keywords, and we're going to start with the first one here, which is classed on the test of strength, which is generic block. So, it looks like we're going forward with these so generic blocks, with, with like the block cards as well. I'm stoked that we are getting generic blocks. Because, and like, I'm, I don't want to spend too much time on, because me and you, how we go is we always end up going hard into UPF. But a lot of these generics could alter the game, very much alter the game of UPF. Because now right. you just have a generic four block that you can just go, okay, cool. Whereas 90% of the cards in UPF block too. But we're not going to, we can't get on the tangent of UPF here. We're going to talk go about Clash, clash which I believe. One point about the what? Test of Strength for UPF. Uh, here we go. Clashing heroes reveal the top card of their deck. The hero that reveals a card with the, the greatest attack cards wins. themselves are each going to say what happens on the win for Clash. Uh, so it's it's kind of like Crush and all that, where Clash explains how you function, how it functions, and there will be an additional uh, thing to explain how Clash is functioning uh, for your particular card. So for Test of Strength, the winner of the Clash creates a gold token. Uh, which I love, because for UPF purposes, uh, that is going to be a huge politics tool. If you want to make friends with, say, the Volta, you can say, th swing at me with your tiny hammer, I will block with Test of Strength. You'll get a gold token, almost certainly. Let's, let's face it, it's a Guardian. And then you can throw it at someone else. Yeah. It also puts a incredibly low risk on like blocking with test of strength against say melody. You get to pick and choose your battles of who is best to block uh, test of strength with. I really love it. Also, I was thinking like. I'm thinking just, like, with the Rav-Rabs, like, if you play them in your deck and you reveal it, someone might not want to use that test of strength against you because they can look and see that you have maybe a possible high-powered attack sitting there. Or they might be want to use right. it against you because they can clearly see that there is a non-attack the sitting there. Blue promise of plenty. Great. <laughs> Time to stop with four. Yeah, I, I really love that purpose. Because, like, Rab Rab sees a lot of play. Uh. So, honestly, so, like I said, this is going to be, even, like, I don't see test strength blocking in anything It's a normally. really strange spot, right? Like, I, I think test of strength is going to see some yeah. sideboard play into, like, ninjas. Uh, anything where, like, a 3 or a 4 is going to be typically the highest printed value on a card, because a lot of the other cards that yes. threaten you for more are threatening you off of the combo, or the rupture, or, or something else native to its effect that is going to be adding its own power. Uh, so it is a safe bet that when they reveal the top card of their deck, it's going to be a 3 or a 4, so depending on who you're playing as, 
it's not a huge risk to be uh, to be doing that. Just imagine playing as a Bravo using this and just revealing a pulverized or a crippling cross. <laughs> you're like <laughs> you're not beating it. Probably not. But uh, then again, is it better than a sink below? Because that you can, I can take a red out of my hand, put it underneath, and possibly draw into a blue. The, a lot of people have been like toying around in some of the older sets with Royal Bravo. Now you can get more gold. One correct block yeah. off of this, cash in functions. Right, right. Cash in functions you, regardless because it's one this, gold. You win your test of strength. Oh, you don't. So what you're saying is you don't need right. to even have. Uh, you, you don't have to be do. Royal Bravo and, uh, anymore. Yeah, they, you can include safely okay. um, a second cash in. Or you could just pitch two, draw a card, pitch that card, swing an Othos for six. Right. Uh, it's a little bit worst weird. case scenario uh, here. But you can absolutely do that. I, I think this will see a fair amount of play, and there's going to be a lot of uses that we'll, we'll see more of as we see more uses for gold tokens in the set. Because uh, there's no way we're going to be making all these gold tokens, and there's not going to be secondary effects that will you know function off of them. Yeah. There might be even a wager card that's like, destroy this amount of gold tokens... Like, each person goes back and destroying gold tokens till the other one does yeah. it, and then whoever paid the most gets like, whatever's there love, kind of thing. Because, like, I, I love Wager also, which the next card that we got, Money Where Your Mouth Is, uh, which always props to the to the naming team uh, for these cards, because I said Money Where Your Mouth Is. It is actually YA for ya on the card. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This is a card that I've considered like putting in Bravo. One costs three yes. plus, almost guaranteed to make a gold token. Yeah, it is because you just dominate your attack, attack and it's turn, gonna hit. It's plus three, and when this attacks a hero, you may wager a gold token with them. Uh, when the link resolves, if the attack hit, create a gold token. Otherwise, they create one. So if they can fully stop it, then they get a gold token. Congrats to them. Uh, but exactly like what you're saying, Bravo, probably not happening. If you can dominate that bad boy, unless they're sitting on unmovable in Arsenal, like, it's it's very likely at least leaking a damage or two with that plus three. Yeah. Even with an unmovable in Arsenal, they still might be leaking damage. But then if they don't, at the same time, if it's a Bravo, right. they could be giving you so much in response to that, too. So, like, is it worth the gold token that of how much you gave up? Because if you can capitalize on that gold, great. Yeah. But a lot of times, it's going to be, I think, more a question mark of whether or not you can use it. Would you rather they don't have it? Because I would... Like, I would happily block out to stop Kasai from getting That's true. Uh, and I'd like to point out, Money Where Your Mouth Is applies to the next attack, not attack action card. So how much do you want to block into that first sword to stop a... 
Oh my gosh. You could, like, if you have, like, the good hand, you could go, like, tear yeah. asunder, money where your mouth is, Anothos, for nine. Ten. No, ten. Ten. Nine. Ten. Nine. Ten. Swings for six. Yeah. Assuming you've six. Got two cards it, swings for uh, four. Plus one for tear asunder. Goes to seven. Plus three for money. Terrison. Yes. That's right. Ten. I'm like, yeah. where's the seven at again? Because I was thinking Terrace Under was three, it's one. Shows you how long it's been since I even looked at that card. But it just, Anothos for ten, on hit, you discard two, and get so Bravo gets a gold token. Powerful. Money. And Straight like to money. Because you, you mentioned earlier that the new Kasai is, uh, is majestic. This is common. Money where your mouth is is a common card. That that really goes to show love like the direction that they're taking this. Because that, to me, feels like it could have been a rare. Knowing what little we know about the set. Like, yeah, pro it probably oh, yeah. is not a majestic, but a, a rare feels accurate with what we know. With how much, like, Kasai, the only hero we know about so far, cares about uh, gold. Because our next card here we did get a preview of Kasai's specialization. Yeah, the Raisin Army. And it also, thankfully, they gave us the ally that it's going to create instead of making us wonder. Although I feel like they kind of, like, went a little lazy yeah. on this one, calling the ally the Centauri Sellsword. A little lazy, but at the same time, it's just like, it's kind of like a you look back at the old Kasai and it's a throwback to her. But as an additional cost to play, raise an army. Uh, you can destroy X gold and create X Centauri Cell Swords tokens, which they are allies that attack for three at one cost. Can only attack if you attacked with a weapon this turn, and they have two health each. Because and they have go again. So easy to, like I said, draw a card off that gold. Uh, or off of any of the other draw effects I'm sure we'll get. And then, just, e even in the late game, swing one, give and go again with something. Uh, and then you just get to spill a boatload of three, 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 three. And my biggest worry about these right now is there are not... Uh, like, they don't have Phantasm, or, or any way natively to destroy them on defense. So you will actually have to kill them. And they've got two health. That, that's kind of stinks. Unless they print out, like, something, like, maybe... Maybe give, like, Guardian or Brute something that says, like... Your weapon attack spills right. over on to allies. Like any damage we, leaks we do know there goes over onto the next ally here. But we do Which know I mean would also kind of stink for Dromai. Have cleave for warriors with axes. Uh, which leads me to believe that we will see uh, an axe warrior, like somebody that's dedicated to using decimator uh, or whatever axe they're going to print in the set. Uh, as their as their main weapon for their other. That way we can see some use for cleave to start 
you know, taking out some of these cell swords. A, a lot of people have been speculating that the other warrior is going to be axe based because yeah. we've get, we've been getting so much stuff for axes lately. Uh, right. Have we haven't gotten an axe warrior. So that that would make sense. Like, give like a Nothos, maybe not like a. Right. So like that gives an axe plus four. I wouldn't see how you could make... Maybe it'd be, like, one-handed hammer kind of thing. Because, like, anything that gives an Othos a buff is just kind of insane, because right. if you're I pitching two cards we'll into it, you're already swinging for six. Uh, I'm just saying, like, something... Right. I'm, like, because uh, that's the two-handed hammer. So it's just, like, how can you make something that can deter, like, destroy Al... Or, like, maybe... Have it where it says if it targets an ally, it gets plus this, and then it does that much damage to another right. ally, or that spills over to the next ally kind of thing. Instead of just giving a, like, cleave where it's just a straight buff. I could... S because when I think of hammers, I don't think of Titan Fist, I don't think of... Uh, I mean, we have Is that the, the only uh, other hammer? Is the Bravant hammer? Uh, yeah. Oh, then we have Sledge. Like, just a Nothos is, like, two for basically six at the most, usually, is kind of insane. Because that other card in your pitch zone has done something else, usually creating a uh, <laughs> seismic for the next turn. Wow, I couldn't think of it for a second. So it's not like you're... So it's inherently better than sledge because you're paying right. three to swing six instead of four no granted because you just banked a resource for next where turn you're going to swing sledge you can also pay into tectonic first because you've got enough blue density uh, and running sledge enables yeah. you to play some other cards uh I'm also just like a red and a blue swings an Othos for six, where with a tectonic, whereas right. red and blue does not do that with sledge. It just swings for six. Uh, that was something we saw a lot in the olden days. I know, and I think sledge was also like good for like the wizard matchup because you would pitch two blues, have two floating. Right be threatening six but I'm not I don't I still just like a Nothos because I would rather trip away at four and have one extra resource to possibly prevent yeah, arcane thing to climb I, I, don't, I don't know, know like who I would... used it into wizards and, and who didn't uh, I I knew sledge was Oldham's best anti-fatigue tool uh, because for like I faced this down on arachne a bunch right it would be, I would send whatever I can, you know, whether it's a, a zero for four, which they can easily block with two cards. And if I've got reactions, they can also stop that with reactions baked into the hero power and crown and all that. And if they had two cards left in hand, yeah. great, they'll just sledge me. If they don't, they'll sledge me every, th every three turns. Or also, like, 
So I think Olden would probably use it in two wizards because there's no point in equipping a shield for the most part against them. Didn't think about that. You keep tunic, you keep crown, two AB on the yep. hands and legs, and an arcane lantern, you still have AB3. Uh, but I, I do expect uh, that you are right. We will be getting one-handed weapons in this set, because in our next set of spoils, uh, we got to see one of the armor suites. Uh, yeah, but this flows better. Oh, you know? you're missing two cards. <laughs> Okay, fair. Also, so like with the armor suite reveal, the one thing I'm really hoping for is it's all generic that armor. Does that mean we're going to be getting a generic uh, weapon? So, one of the the couple of things that they said in some of their announcements was, for one, uh, this is where this armor becomes so much fun. I'm so glad we're getting it. Uh, the the main suite of equipment, you know, the heads, arms, legs, uh, and chest. Uh, are called the Grandstand, uh, and their their text box is they have defense equal to the number of opposing heroes with greater life than you and blade break. Because for their draft, it is UPF for drafting. Your your eight person pod will do a UPF match, and the winner of each of those two UPF matches will go into the finals with the winner of the other UPF match. Which is so cool. Maybe. I think it should be like but top it's really two hard to figure out how, like who's top, top two. two and like I mean theoretically, but there's, there's be the last two left. You make. Like the last two left. I know. I'm just saying, like, the last two left go with the other last two left, and then the first two out go with, with the first two with out, UPF and then you got two new pods. Uh, I, I it makes it, like, simple. Rounds. I don't know if they've outright said it, but a UPF round takes a while. And with how, with how frequently draft formats go to fatigue... I know! UPF tends to go to fatigue anyway, because you have so many people to beat to death. That's even worse. You're just gonna like hit a fatigue where nobody has anything left. True. I wonder what the token weapons are gonna be. Well, we don't know what Kasai's weapon is. We don't know any of the weapons, so there might not even be like class-based weapons in this. It might just be generic. Uh, But to to finish the the point here, the reason why we're expecting generic weapons is because, along with the Grandstand suite, we also got the Bloodied Oval, a generic equipment offhand. Uh, this, the art is a shield. It does not have the shield type. Um, but it has the same text box as the Grandstand suite. Defense equals the number of opposing heroes with greater life than you. Which is huge. Huge. It's kind of insane. It, it isn't a shield, it's a bloodied oval. It can't be a shield. That is a buckler. Ah, it's a bloodied oval. 
that is the text box. That's what it is. That could. How do you know that's a shield? What if someone just like ripped that off of like a chest? Like, what if that was like on part of like a chess piece of like one be. of the bigger fighters, and they just ripped that off and started using that to defend? It, it will be functional. By theory, it's a shield, but in purposes besides the what it, typing. It's, it's a but it's not a shield because you ripped it off of armor. We're getting into semantics. It's a bloodied oval. Neither of us is going to budge. So the next card that we have here is Test of Agility. Uh, we're getting a Brute Warrior hybrid block. Uh, blocks for four in red. When this defends, clash with the attacking hero. The winner creates an agility token. Uh, and agility, we got spoiled a while ago. Uh, it cracks at the start of your turn. And your next attack gets go again. That's it. Super simple. It is a use it now quicken token. Uh, which is great to have stapled to a block card. Like I would love, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of brutes that are going to run this. It, even guardians. Because being able to go you know, send one of the, the three for six or three for seven guardian attacks and then anothos for six. Glorious. That is absolutely worth just blocking four in guardian. Wait, I'm I'm idiotic. It's not a guardian card, yeah. Um My, that Guardians can't play it. I was like Guardians can't play it. But still. You you see the point here. Uh, it's still going to be great for like one of one of Brute's biggest yes. worries is how are they getting go again for extra action points. And hey, look, you can play that more defensive Reinar that's been seeing more success. Have an extra four block that helps your next turn, even if that just means your next turn is claw claw. That's still pretty okay. That's still six while defending four. That's still six, but it's all it's, sure. But fine. it's also on four resources. The the same four resources could also be claw three swing big. True. Or, like. True. Swing right. big, or if you hit door, you could just do double swing big. If you're lucky. But that's what I'm saying. It's going to be a really really good card. One thing I, yes. one thing I do like about uh, blocks is I'm the fact they can't be played out of card, arsenal. Like a block card with ambush on it, because uh, we do know that with the round the table set, uh, ambush is a keyword that they've they have designed. The ninja block in that uh, does have ambush, which read, you can play this out from your arsenal. Yeah, we'll see. But also, like, I feel bad for someone who's gonna like a new player that'll arsenal that and be like, "Oh, I can't use it." Like, I I had to point this out to Junior to uh, to Kyle right after Round the Table came out, and they started playing those blocks. Uh, when oh, I'm so sorry, you can't play that from Arsenal. Uh, that doesn't work. Bud, and like, it was at casual armories or like 
you know, UPF games that we just said, it's fine, trash it. Just throw that in the garbage. That'll that'll be our, you know, our fix for the situation. I'm not going to brick your arsenal the whole game over a... It could have. You could have pulled out and put it under the deck. <laughs> you tyrant. You tyrant. <laughs> so, and then the other, the last, the last card in this bunch was the Hold'em, which is where we see a guy with an axe, and it's a warrior action, it's a one-handed axe, your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three, and when this hits this a hero, zero. you may wager a vigor token with them. Because wager requires which is, the hit. You said when this hits a hero. Isn't that what I said? Isn't that what I said? Oh, when this okay, yeah. When the chain link resolves, if the attack hit, you create a vigor token. Otherwise, they create one. It is just start of your turn. Get a resource. That's it. Super simple, but that is huge for yeah. Yeah, at worst. And Dory, that's literally free Dawnblade. And the fact that. Block out uh, swing Dawnblade. That means you can throw Dawnblade off of a full hand and tunic up. That wildly changes the math uh, that people have to do when figuring out what is possible off of this Dory hand. Because a full card, like a full hand and possible arsenal with tunic up, Dawnblade for free. Uh. <laughs> There is no amount of planning you can do for that. It could be literally anything, and I love that for us. Dory about to become powerful, but <clears throat> that is all the spoilers, yes. other than the two Arachne ones. And I, Derek has severely overhyped Payday. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a one, two, or three of, probably a one or two. Um, but the card that has me looking at Payday, right, uh, is Coercive Tendency. It is our first actual playable Arachne specialization. Let's go! <laughs> it is a blue block three. Already in love. That's all I need to see to, like, include it in the list. It is a zero-cost assassin attack reaction. You look at the top three cards of the defending hero's deck, put them back in any order so they all have to stay on top, then banish the top card of their deck. If you complete a contract this way, your assassin attacks, plural, get go again this combat chain. Huge. Huge. Because, like, there's quite a few things that, one... Assassin's biggest struggle for a lot of this has been not being able to go wide. Even if we only get one turn in the game of going wide, the amount of 0 for 4 breakpoints, this is going to turn Assassin for a turn into Phi. You're going to go 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for 4. And you get that pre-knowledge of you're going to know the next two things you can tag off of the contract. So depending on what's up top there, 
you are going to be more sure that you will complete your next contract attacks, even if they block out. You know what would be, you know what would be kind of hilarious? You play a card, attack, react with this, and it's just all that's absolutely gonna happen. stuff that will not compete I, a contract. I think contract. the best times to play this are when you peek at the top with uh, Arachne's native power to, you know, show off the uh, show off the top and go, oh, hey, look, that's a contract completion. Or worst case, into like Bravo. I, oh, hey, look, that's Crippling Crush. Coercive tendencies. I'm taking that. <laughs> that's mine, actually. It's gone. I don't care at that point if it completes a contract. I will gladly remove Crippling Crush from a Bravo. <laughs> also... The question here is, like, that's, how much damage are you going to be risk. taking to be able to take that, that turn off? That is where I think this card is, like, pretty balanced. Uh, because you are going to have to take a beating to do this successfully. Because, like, you, let's say you have this, and then Bravo just goes, right. oh, here's a right. spinal, now you're set back a turn. Because you you're going to have to block it, or you're not going to be playing that card. Or, because... Only reason I bring up Bravo so much is because that's because who I know the most Bravo about. Has been or if you get very bad matchups, or it is a crippling, right. or let's say that's where the crippling crush is. It's the one on the stack. Yeah, that could be that's the card that gets good. discarded randomly if it hits. Um, Starstruck. Yeah, if that hits, you can't even play your cards at that yeah, point. Well, it's not just this card. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, so I'm like, so like I said, Bravo's a lot. Brutes. Okay, so like, let's go to Brute. They're not going to, they're going to be throw, they could possibly throw 20 some damage your way like you for you to pop off and have, any what, a 12 say, damage what turn? Well for this class? Then you can't do your thing. I, I don't think you can make that. I know, I just, as a reason why that's the thing, it's. I'm not saying why, it's just like, it's a good card, and I'm not going to say that card is not good, because that card's actually, it's very insane, but it, like, if you get that, like, turn one, you're going to be ahead at the start, but like, I feel like late game, where you're on the back foot, that card's not going to be as well, which right. is, is same like to say with any possible card in the game. There's going to be points of the game where you will not have like, you will not be able to keep the cards to, like, pay into that. It, it, that's a, you know, it's a thing for literally every card yeah. in this game. It, it's really great if you see them in a certain time. Like, Remembrance, fantastic card. If you see that in your opening hand, you're going to cry inside. You know, I, I, have, I have opened yeah. up so many games with give and take as my first card. Wow, really cool. Same with Cadaver's Contraband. Super radical. This is just a vanilla 6, or a vanilla 3 for the 3 go again. So, basically, I'm not saying it's, you know, the question here is, like, how far does it catapult Arachne up? Arachne was already, I feel like, this... like, 
playable. Like, I I was beating Lexis on Arachne. I I was beating like Guardians on Arachne. Uh, Dromai was my biggest fear. Um, Dromai's and Pistol Dash, which I think it's for sure. I think Dromai's still your biggest fear here. Because if you take that turn, she just keeps basically one red and you get pounded by dragons. Right. Or you're wasting cards into taking the dragons out. Which she can just rebuild. So regardless, Dromai's are all Absolutely. probably going to be your worst matchup in general. Pistol Dash might actually not be terrible now because if you yeah. can do that instead of possibly like it a banish a, of an item, it might be better for you. Rip items. I still have to see one in the top three. But... It is it is still something that I have to do. You know, I, I have to spot them. Uh, it is an extra way to to maybe land it, um, but it's it's less likely. Uh, but the thing that this does is one, it gives us a potential play line into Vi, right? Uh, because there was a card that it was a pet card for me out of Outsiders. I ran it in my deck, usually as a one-of, because it's cute, but it wasn't, like, great. Uh, it's Infiltrate. It's the, the zero-cost three in red stealth Majestic card, which, like, basically nothing for Arachne, because even though every assassin gets something for stealth, Arachne doesn't. Uh, stealth is just nothing. It's just an empty box for him. But, if it hits, banish the top part of their deck, which, great. Uh, it, it already hits contracts if there's one on the board. Uh, but you may play that card until the end of, the, of your next turn. So now, uh, you get into five. You can throw a zero for four, coercive tendencies, and then if you infiltrate a couple of times, you can have, like, a... Like, you can cheat yourself into being a little baby Fi. Because <laughs> a lot of a lot of Fi's cards are going to have go again if you've played a red. If you've done yada yada, which you probably have. Uh, which is really cool. It is a route that you can play into these more aggro matchups with Infiltrate and Coercive Tendency. Because since you're going to have to start with a contract to have Coercive Tendency function to begin with, those Infiltrate banishes can still trigger uh, your, your contracts that are already on board. So that's extra silver off of Infiltrate also. Which is, like, really, really cool. And the reason... To, to walk through this because Brandon mentioned uh, I am going to be testing Payday it is that kind of crummy card that came out in Dynasty zero cost blue block three it, it ticks all the boxes to like maybe include but it is a non-attack action which already hurts us that <laughs> if you have completed a contract this turn you can make four silver. That's it. Does not have go again. Uh, but four silver is huge. 
now we have a a way to get go again that doesn't rely on us hitting which was one of the the huge things before it's like a lot of heroes would just ignore like they either wouldn't care and it would be too aggro of a matchup to have the time for payday or it it would be a a defensive deck that would just defense reaction us to oblivion and we would never land an attack and so now you have a way to if you spot that yep. card on top deck you can go great coercive tendencies eat that card complete your contract that's one silver and then your kind of worst case turn if they block out the attack otherwise that's three cards five silver that's pretty big like that is two cards you're recurring off of uh, not recurring two equipment you're recurring which depending on which like what type of matchup you're in that's very versatile uh, you're either going to be eating additional cards or going wider into an aggro matchup like that's that's pretty big then that's also two extra health which is great we love two extra health but it's it's an extra use because like let, let's face it there's been a ton of matches uh, where as Arachne even if you're seeing the right cards on top you're just not hitting your contracts they're blocking out they don't want you to have the silver they don't want you to have the extra value off of your equipment recurring yeah. Which is a fair point, you know. It is it is tough to line that up. It's a lot of things have to go right for you to mm -hmm. for you to get it. But this, it's a way to dodge their choice. Their their only way that they can like stop this. Uh, and this would only stop how sure you are of it landing. If you left a card on top, and then you play coercive first, they can sink and take it off the top that can be a bummer you know then you're you're still gonna resolve coercive you might grab it blind yeah like if you're on annihilate the armed a beautiful you're almost always gonna hit annihilate the armed that's just checking for attack action cards baby we're good but some of the other ones like checking for native go again into bravo you know that's probably not gonna land there's only a couple of those uh no so there are some moments where, yeah, they, they can dodge it. But that's kind of the only recourse they have. Uh, you know, they can also do Fate for Scene, but it's, it's all in defense reactions that have to pop off at instant speed. Uh, and it has to be before you look at and start, like, doing the text of Coercive. Which gives us a more guaranteed go again which can make payday reliable. That's huge to me. I hope you can get all your stuff about Raven Call Grave and Call in, in like 10 minutes. pushed of a card as coercive tendency. I think it's very good. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely a sideboard it, card. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it is our dagger spoiler we got a new majestic dagger in the weapon slot. Uh, 
It's got the once return action, cost two, attack for go again, swings in for one, has piercing one. Like, standard start of an assassin weapon. But instead of having an on-hit that devalues blocking, uh, we get instant, destroy two silver you control, equip this with a plus one counter, activate this ability only while this is in your graveyard. Which is fascinating. You want to know there's a very niche counter to this? This is just something I wanted to just, like, throw out there. It's a very niche counter. It's Shadow Brute. Why, why is that the... Which card are you looking at that's, uh... Oh, yeah, because you can banish anything. Deadwood Rumbler. Yeah, it's very... It is just... It's just that dumb card that's, like, a niche counter to this. Because I watched, um... Jonathan was playing Leviathan the one on demand we were yeah. at. And it's against the Fi, he banished the Phoenix Flame. Speaking of... Well, I real quick here, speaking of that, do you have a husk that I could borrow? Like, I, just, I have two of them. <laughs> Alright, cool. Uh, but yeah, that, that would stop it. Uh, that would be a bummer. But I would also be pretty okay if that's how you spent it. Like your your deadwood. Um. I, I would only do that one if the only reason you would be able to do it is if you didn't have the silver to bring it back because the draw a card, discard a card. You could activate right. the instant before you they do that because it's not part of the cost. Um. Or if you didn't think about it. And if Blood Debt was turned off or I wasn't taking much. Because honestly, a two cards exactly. that can be flicked with flick knives reoccurring is kind of dumb. That flick knives, when it, when it flicks, it deals damage equal to the weapon's damage. Which means this flicks for two. Uh, after the first time, of course. The first time, you, you gotta get into your graveyard somehow. Uh, and it is going to be a one. That's fine. Uh, but it is huge. There are some lines, uh, assuming you have a boatload of silver, like uh, this is... No, it doesn't. Flick knives won't flick it for two. Target dagger uh, you control that isn't on the active chain link deals one damage. <laughs> two target hero. It's... I, Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a two for, it two. two for two the first time it comes uh, back. But I'm it doesn't give still any to negative this, to it. This still gets us to our my usual kill. Because the usual kill for Arachne to me is either if you have flick knives and you are for sure going to land it, you can flick it. Um, but Shred applies to any card defending an assassin attack. So you can Shred something that's blocking uh, a dagger. Uh, now in most turns, that means you have to have a, it, probably a blue Shred in hand. 
uh, and they defend with a two against a dagger when they're at one, and then you can you can shred it because if you if they blocked with a three, you shred it. It's still blocking one. But now, even if they give you a three, you can shred and they'll take one. So it's still useful in the late game. Uh, right, if you still have both knives. Or you can just flick the other knife if you still have uh, it. But it's still cool. Uh, it, it also gets around a little bit of the... Um, it makes piercing a little bit more relevant. Because there's a decent number of times on some of those other weapons that they'll go, okay, I need this dagger not to land because I expect, you know, whatever big attack is coming. Uh, and they will put an equipment in front of it that mm -hmm. blocks for two. So that way when the piercing comes in, it's still matching. Right. Right. Now it has to block for three. It's a good card. Like, I don't know. I, the two for two makes it a little nice. But at the same time is the... The other dagger's having, like, the... If this hits, this happens. If this hits, this happens. Right. I feel like justifies where, their like, now that two I, costs for one attack. Now that it, you've forced me to read flick knives again, uh, <laughs> and know that my initial plan does not work... Uh, I, I still like this as an incentive to draw more blocks out because it's a lot easier to not block a one, you know? Because especially looking at your hand, you can evaluate yeah. based on what cards are in your hand and which dagger is being threatened. Like, is this is this block, like the negative to the next block, even going to affect how I want to block? If it doesn't, great. Doesn't matter. Deal one. Who cares? But here, once you've flipped Graven Call back from your graveyard, uh, that actually helps a decent amount in that math. Because that, that one value that you would get off the hit, you're just getting it on the dagger. Oh, I didn't even realize how good Stamp is actually. Isn't it attack action cards? It literally just shuts down an assassin turn. Yeah, but oh, attack... Yeah. All your attack actions say when this hit a hero, blank. I don't yes, give a... I do the, not the care about the dagger. Affect you a whole lot if... But... You know, Stamp's out and you're not going to be banishing a card. No. But, like, imagine you, like, took all that, like... They drop that, swing an Othos for six. Or, like, if they were imposing it, drop that and swing an Othos for six. And you you were, like, setting up a Leave No Witness, Eradicate, or Surgical turn. And then it just goes, yeah. oh, now that's not a thing. Now you have to wait an extra turn to do it. I never even thought that right. literally Stamp just counters the entire Assassin class. That's time, kind of a nuts on the card. That's three of your turns that you're stamping. Mostly probably... Uh, and unless you're doing it with Imposing Message, you're very likely uh, not attacking me that turn. Which is fine. I'll, I'll just toss some daggers and a four. 
I mean, that could... I was just like... It also could be like, you block three, block three. You could possibly block nine yeah. that whole time and then just go stamp. And that's totally fine. Uh, I am happy uh, when you do that because to me, yes, it, it does turn off the, like, I don't get to banish what I want. It just means when I'm looking at what cards on the top of your deck, if I am going to still attack, if I see a value card like Crippling Crash, I'll go like, bottom, done. You don't get it next turn. You get it later. Um, which, like, it's still going to hurt later. Don't get me wrong. Just not now. Also, like, the fact that if they hold two cards and look at you and drop the stamp and then turn yeah. back around, they have five cards in their hand. So I think the stamp turns depending... So, like, a stamp of authority turn isn't measured by what it stops. Right. It's measured by also what comes after it. Like, are you able to drop it and go, your things are turned off for this turn, and then you take right. the momentum and bring it back in your favor with the like, turn that follows? One of the things that I, I really wish it worked, it's... When I, when I first saw Pulverize, I looked back to stamp... Uh, but stamp checks when it enters the arena to give you the, the intellect. Because my brain was on stamp, heave, go. But unfortunately, that does not work. Because heave's at end step after you've stamped. Yeah. So it's probably just best to go, like, tectonic. Right. You can still put the... Stamp. Uh, Go. You know, the pulverize in your arsenal. Sure could. Yeah. You just don't get to Depending on it. the hand. Well, you might be like, able if, to. If you played stamp from, from arsenal, Depending on, like, what you could your absolutely hand, yeah. still heave it. Um, but. It is a, a very interesting thing. Because I'm usually a fan, when I'm playing as Arachne, of heroes that are going to waste cards, drawing cards, or increasing their intellect. Increasing intellect hurts a lot more, don't get me wrong, but it is one yes. less card that threatened me uh, in that in that instant. If I can survive it, uh, like the, the drawing, like that, that was the biggest problem with Briar. If Briar drew a pile of cards, there wasn't a whole lot I could do. You... No. Right. Briar was it, able like to draw every, cards every and card put out that damage. Was drawn was, Here's another Why damage? Some arcane too. Enjoy. And that's assuming that channel yeah. wasn't out. Exactly. Exactly. It hurts channel so was out. It was just more pain and suffering. But I, I loved that because in the long run, it meant. If I can get to that end game state faster, either by by banishing uh, Mount Heroics or or whatever the case may be, uh, you have less cards in your deck. Those draw cards, they're super great in aggro. But if someone's trying to fatigue you and taking out your power cards, you go along without you getting to play them. 
drawing a card is just one less, like spending a card to draw a card, it's one less card I have to remove for you. No, you're, you're doing part of my job. Same thing with Stamp. Stamp's a little bit more menacing yeah. because one, you are adding more parity to the, the assassin value on contracts. Because uh, normally the, the reason why assassin works as a fatigue deck, for, for Arachne anyway, is if I send a zero for four, it's four damage threatened. If one gets through, I banish a card off your deck. Great. That is one card for one card out of decks. That's even. Even if you block out. Like, give me those two cards, yes. assuming you don't have a sink or a fate, or, or toss some armor in front of it. Uh, you are still giving me one card for one card. I just don't get the damage too. If you give me a three block and you take one, uh, you're actually giving me two cards out of your deck and worsening your le your next turn. The the decision points and the math for getting to fatigue for Arachne are so much better because of that. Uh, and that's why I'm so stoked for Coercive Tendency. It, it gives that one little... It is still, even at worst, it's one card for one card out of their deck. That is that is the parity I'm looking for with every card that I play. I, I want my card to remove one card from you. Whether that's by by playing a sink into a four cost, great, that's one card for one card. We're still even on deck count. Every time I dagger and you choose to block, great. That's that's one free card. I'm a card ahead now. Stamp doesn't innately do anything directly to me. It will next turn with a five-card hand for sure. For sure. <laughs> but. Yeah. Because, like, Stamp also turns off my pummels. Because it staples the, the on-hit of discard <laughs> to the attack action card. It's not on it doesn't stay on the reaction, so you know you'll you'll get to dodge it. Uh, that's some of the more painful parts of it. So very few like effects will leak through uh, on stamp. Which one? You know what card I wish I could figure out how to make work? <sighs> yeah. <Nerves> <laughs> Being able to not worry about battle war well, or temper. Only if they're blocking two blocking base two. power or less attacks. And then you have to block out every attack. Because as soon as you take damage, it goes away. That's right. Yeah. But, and then... So, you make it work, like, you find a way to make it work. Like, that's kind of And then of you just block the Kadachis. Kadachis. <laughs> but also, the the odds that you get out of a turn Aud with not having taken uh, any any damage against Ninja, very low. Or even just imagine just, like, 
you like rouse the ancients would be rouse you like zealous belting into this be able to remove like a minus one counter from like crater fist or uh, tectonic be and be able to block two again specifically says from a chest equipment you control yup <laughs> oh that's right so you get to block two again on so then effectively tectonic sure. blocks but it, five health instead of three it and it's sure also does. a blue block three costs three that swings an othos for six But it's just inherently bad. It's a card that yeah. I wish would be better. Like because it just it's also looks so cool. awkward in in the text box on it. Because like the the only positive side really is that Battleworn and Temper, uh, their triggered ability goes on the stack when you defend with it. Don't uh, trigger. It resolves when the chain closes. So, like, it buys you one turn of blocking Kadachis. Cool. Or... You play it in UPF, and it might actually have but some also, more cases. you're much more likely to have damage leaked on you in UPF, because you have to defend against two people. That's that's where the politics come into play. That's literally you just play Valda and you just don't attack you anyone. Can. You just play politics and just sit there with nerves with nerves of steel the entire game. You 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 do that. You <laughs> shot. We'll see what happens. I will say on on this note, um, I, I know we said we weren't going to talk about UPF all that much, uh, but we did play UPF on uh, Friday at Owl this week uh which shout out to jeff uh for winning the raffle and tossing the the melody playmat at me because he already had one angelic perfect no notes um but we played a couple games uh and in our first game it was a five person pod which was already a nightmare uh Starting with me and going around the table in turn order, uh, it was myself on Squizzy and Floof. I proxied it because it didn't matter. Um, then it was Cat uh, on Professor Teklavos and uh, Jeff on Melody, Josh on Valda, and Will on Melody. <laughs> So Valda got to sit pretty between oh, two boy. melodies. And, and you know that little that little bit there on Valda's text box where it says she gets a seismic surge token for every card drawn? You know how many cards Melody draws in a turn? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot? Uh, the, highest, the highest count that... Uh, so she can just... Yeah, she could just block out. out and still throw a thing out of Arsenal. Uh, the the highest count of seismics that Josh landed at was 24 seismic surges. He did. <laughs> he literally pulverized the three. 
<laughs> you love it. It lined <laughs> up. Uh, yes. Got to, what did he do after? It might have just been the hammer. I, I don't remember. Oh. Uh, so did the, did the final uh, act not go at him? Because he was between two heroes that don't attack. Oh. When the first final act went off, he had 25 health. Like... <laughs> It was insane. It was great. Uh, pulverize. Then so he not just pul dominates a pulverize. Yes. So the. Oh, that's right. Because pulverize is just, just one damage, him. right? If one damage uh, leaks. But we did realize something else disgusting, in that Valda I mean, zero test. Checks for the seismic surges at the start of the turn and applies dominate to all crush attacks this turn. So. Rip. Right. If you line up with Quicken. So it's like Bravo uh, where it can be kind of insane. Somehow, you can, you can multi-dominate. Uh, that happened with a, a double mangle at some point. Because um, the first one was free and then it oh, was just, yes. all right, here you go. Enjoy. It was filthy. Uh, as you might expect, he won that match. Um, I, I was the first one out with the... I, I took a, a rather large um, final act. Uh, and then, out of, out of the kindness of Josh's soul, he blocked one for me, which was all I needed to live off of the... Um, the, the Bravant shield that has protect. Uh, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, but he blocked yeah. the one. Because I was able to stop the other... Uh, I think it was 18? No. Because I, I blocked with... Uh, two off armor. Two three blocks. Uh, a sink. And a hold the line. So that's six... 11. Yeah, block 17. I, I was already really low. Um, and. Right, because it was coming in for like 24. Whatever the math turns out, that one more over my block would have taken me down to one from six. It was a very good, very good uh, final act. Uh. But he blocked one off the shield. My turn was next. Empty hand. No no equipment. I went, bet. And I chugged a crazy brew and died. <laughs> it was fantastic. I it. And I gotta say one, one last quick thing about uh, Squizzy and Floof. Melody's best friend. That is two more resources at the start of your turn. Would you want to put a cracked bobble in your hand? That's one more card that can be in your pitch zone for when you're paying through your copper. Yeah. Yeah. So I could. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're going to pop uh, off? Well, here's an extra two damage. <laughs> the melody did that. It's like, I'll take the bobble, sure. Started pitching it and murdered me. <laughs> Uh, no, that was Josh. Did the, one Josh. of the melodies win? 
Josh Valdo was able. Honestly, it makes sense because Valdo, once the final acts are through, the Valdo will just start. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. Just like yeah. literally just bonk, it was, bonk, It was bonk. foul. Um, yeah, it, it was a it was a really fun night. Um, but that was that was the last thing I wanted to say. All right. So, first off, make sure you check out thebanishzone.com for all your tabletop and gaming needs. They have Warhammer Marvel Crisis, Hero Clicks, Flames of War, Flesh and Blood, Pokemon, Magic, Alpha Clash. They play Lorcana. I don't think they have any more Lorcana. They uh, might have the starter decks. Bloodborne just got in, as well as a restock. Uh, I know as of as of last night. Yeah, well, I was there Friday, and all I saw was the starter. Uh, somebody just opened and enchanted from there. Oh, nice! I was like, Friday they had. I believe that they. Unless do. they hold the stock back uh, at the for very the least league. for the new set. I don't know if they're doing that. So that might be why. Um, but the... No. Cool, that's what I thought. I, when I worked there, I sold like eight boxes in one night. Um, So, I think there's packs left of the first set. They have some of the starter decks for Rise of Floodborne. But, if you go there, they have them. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I missed. So we got Warhammer, Warhammer... Age of Sigmar, Horus Heresy, Underworld. They do. There's a. They have groups that do D and D. There's plenty of stuff to go around there, and you can the, literally get roped into new things like I did. Into Blood Bowl and into Warhammer and into Age of Sigmar and. <laughs> but it's uh, honestly, I have a fun time, and building minis is, as I said, relaxing. Um, so, banishzone.com, check them out in the Harders Warnersville or online for, as I said, all your tabletop and gaming needs. Great people, great prices, great time. Secondly, um, for Black Friday, I'm going to do a little Black Friday sale. If you message us on Twitter, email us at steelbladeshowtime at gmail.com, um, message us on Discord, if you're one of our Discords. For $20 plus shipping, you can get a Dragon Egg dice bag for, we'll do it till, run it till end of, we'll say next week, basically end of the month for one week. $20, it's our Black Friday sale on these dice bags. Um, I think I'm going to put our Patreon on hold for a little bit because we just don't have the time to record episodes right now. bad not being able to actually give you what we promised with the, the Patreon stuff. We'll catch up at some point, uh, get, get started again, but, you know, so, life happens, unfortunately. Yes. So, there you go. Our usual ending. Any last words, Derek? You. It hits. Ow. You know what you're not playing? Cracked Bobble. Promise plenty. Okay. Can't be played. It's entirely. Does it say can't be pitched or can't be played or both? 
Yeah. Oh, okay, fair. That is fair enough. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next week.